Welcome to the Depth Chart Podcast. My name is Freddie Maggard. I'm joined by Dale Saltwater out of Louisville. And uh, we're going to preview the bowl game a little bit and go over some things that have been on the uh, KentuckySportsRadio.com website and anything else that uh, comes up. So, uh, Dale, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, just been out and about today. It's a little rainy here in the, the town of Louisville, but uh, having a good time, Freddie. I'm having a really bad day, Nick Roush. What's wrong? It's no secret that I'm technically challenged, right? That that is true. Uh, In my possession, very well known. After Christmas, I have a Alexa dot. Is that how you say it? Sure. Yeah, like the little speaker thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Where you say, Alexa, play Fleetwood Mac. You know what I mean? That thing. Right. And I got an Apple thing for the TV. It's not a t- actual TV, but it's a little box thing that you stick I on the TV it, so you can watch I, stuff. Yeah. 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 And I got a new microphone set for podcasts. Oh, great. Well, do you, you don't think sound that much I could, different though? Do you think I could set up any of that, Nick Roush? <sighs> well, I would say no, probably to the microphone. No, um, no way. The TV, the TV, I think you could get plugged in. It's once you get it plugged in is where I think yeah. you're running into troubles. And then the Alexa, that one, don't you just talk to it? That's what I thought, but I plugged the stupid thing in and said, Alexa, play Fleetwood Mac, and I got nothing. And it said, <laughs> I got to set up an app. And Oh, <laughs> man. Luckily, my nephew is an engineer that works for the Air Force, so uh, I'm going to have to. <laughs> Hopefully he can figure bucks. it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to pay him a hundred bucks to drive up from Corbin to set this up before he goes back to Boston. So, yeah, not not a good day. But anyway, that's enough of my crap. Uh, bowl game, Nick Roush. It's game week. It is. Uh, I don't even know what day it is. This since Christmas, and there, is it Wednesday? Uh, yes, or is it Thursday. It, it's okay. uh, it's Wednesday of game week. So, uh, North Carolina State's coming up, Nick. Mm-hmm. Uh, from all indications. North Carolina State does not have any opt-outs. I was kind of leaning towards uh, uh, the nose tackle there. Maybe yeah, thought Aleem McNeil might. Yeah, yeah, Aleem McNeil may opt out, but it doesn't look like it. He has declared for the NFL draft. He's just a junior. Uh, Nick Rouse, twenty-six tackles, four and a half tackles for loss, one quarterback sack, and uh, he's the best nose tackle in college football, in my opinion. Uh, he's the best, that, certainly the best that Kentucky will have seen this season. And I would go as far as saying the matchup between Drake Jackson and McNeil at that at that zero technique nose tackle position in the three three five mm-hmm. is one of the best one on one matchups we'll see in in the non playoff bowl bowl games this postseason. Yeah, much better than whatever's happening at the mayonnaise bowl right now. I love me some good mayonnaise, especially yeah. a mayonnaise named after my son. But uh, Wake Forest, you never believe this, Freddie. Uh, an ACC team loves to turn the ball over. Ever heard really? that one before? I can't believe they're getting destroyed by Wisconsin. That's a shocker there. Um, <laughs> I, nobody saw that one coming. So, yeah. And, and, but that's a great lead-in, Nick, for the type of opponent that North Carolina State is beating this year. North yeah. Carolina State beat, beat Wake Forest 45-42 to, to open its season. 
you know, you, you people can look at this differently. Uh, you can say, well, listen, North Carolina didn't beat any, North Carolina State didn't beat anybody other than Liberty, which is true. Liberty is its most quality win. But a sign of a good team is to beat teams that you're supposed to. And that's what uh, North Carolina State did, you know, winning eight games, seven conference games. Uh, that, that's pretty good. The, the margin of victory for their season is like – Plus one and one and a half or something like that. So played in a lot of close games. Yeah, yeah. Four and played one against a single score game. Yeah, but but you know they they dodged uh, Notre Dame and Clemson. Mm-hmm. They did play North Carolina and, and got uh, got a thump forty eight twenty one. Barely beat Miami, which you know I don't know what that's an accomplishment or not. Forty four to forty one, Miami beat beat uh, the Wolfpack, and then we see wins over Florida State. That's three and six. We see wins over Syracuse at one and ten, a thirty-six to twenty-nine win over the Syracuse. So a close game with a, one of the worst teams in Power Five, and then finish the season beating a three and seven Georgia Tech team, twenty-three to thirteen. So yes, the Wolfpack is on a four-game win streak, but you have to take into account who they have beaten. So. Um, I don't think this is a great North Carolina State team. I think it's a good team, and I really do. And the matchup concerns that I have, North Carolina State's strengths are Kentucky's weaknesses, and that's why I don't like this game for the Cats. Uh, The 3-3-5 has given Kentucky's offense fits in in the past. Uh, Kentucky is not a team that can live in third and five-plus. North Carolina State leads uh, has 85 tackle for loss, which is sixth in in the nation has 32 quarterback sacks. Now let's compare that to Kentucky. Kentucky has 50 tackles for loss, so 35 less. And then 32 quarterback sacks for North Carolina State compared to just 12 for Kentucky. North Carolina State gets it done beyond the line of scrimmage, in their opponent's side of the line of scrimmage. That worries me, Nick. Worries me a lot. And then also the man coverage. You will see a lot lot of man coverage, which – it's what I would do against this Kentucky team, and we've not seen separation at the line of scrimmage nor downfield uh, in the passing game. You know, it just it does not set up well there. North Carolina State offensively likes to run tempo, uh, seventy plays per game, uh, and 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 averaging thirty one points a game. So uh, tempo has bothered bothered Brad White's defense this season. And uh, it looks like they're going to see a lot of it. Uh, State runs about 70 plays a game, which is not high, but it's a lot higher than Kentucky. And, and it's, it's something that they rely on is the tempo. So tempo, I don't like. The three three five, the tackles for loss, the quarterback sacks, the great nose tackle, the leading tackler in, in the ACC uh, is a very good football player as well. Wilson, 108 tackles, 11 and a half uh, uh, Tackles for loss. I mean, I don't like the matchup, Nick. I don't know if I'm saying that enough. But I think I, I, you're, like I think it. you're saying plenty, Freddie. But I would say that, like, yes, this defense does get a lot of tackles for loss. It's kind of why you run a defense like this is to kind of create havoc in the backfield. Yeah. But to counterpunch, uh, remember the like the biggest mystery of this offense throughout the season, Freddie, was like, Chris Rodriguez getting 12 carries a game. Yes, that. Well, okay. If if I'm correct, I don't think he's had a negative rushing play this season. I think I saw that stat somewhere. No, so, zero negative uh, rushing yards for Chris Rodriguez. So here's the thing, Freddie. 
that's like uh um how would i put like godzilla versus king kong going up against each other you got tackles for loss versus man who doesn't get tackled for loss and i don't think uh, i think they're going to feed this man so if they do what i hope hope they do um and and feed chris rodriguez that's the only thing that i can like uh you know vince talked about the big dog fence a little bit yesterday he didn't tell give away too many tells or not but i would think that one thing he's going to do is just lean heavily on chris rodriguez to get it done and i don't care how many tackles for loss you've had nc state you ain't tackling chris rodriguez for loss (laughs) things i do like about this matchup i'm not i'm not completely negative and and by no means am I saying that Kentucky doesn't have a chance to win. I'm just stating facts here. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, I, I'm, I'm stating opinion. I'm sorry. Things I do like is the unpredictability of the offense. If anything, Kentucky's offense in 2020 was predictable as hell. Yeah. I meant, you know, <laughs> third and nine. Oh, gosh, here comes a quarterback draw. You think, I mean, you know, you five wide stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are going to do here? A little quarterback right. draw for a gain of one. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Kentucky was really, really predictable. And, and that's okay if you're predictable by giving Chris Rodriguez the football 25 times. Kentucky was predictable and only giving him the football 20, uh, 12 times a game. So the unpredictability of Vince Merrill calling that offense, I think, is going to be an advantage for Kentucky. Um, the, my, my favorite bowl measurement is the give-a-crap meter. I mm-hmm. think Kentucky wants to be there. I, I think – I think the rest after the season during the Christmas break, I think was very good for this team. I think you're going to see a lot of pep in their step. You know, it's, it's exciting. A new offensive play caller. That's got to, that's got to get some a jolt in, in Terry Wilson and company. So I like that. Uh, and then, you know, this could be the last time in the sun for the big blue wall or four of four members of the big blue wall. So uh, I do think that, that, you know, I don't know about Darren Kennard, and, and I don't know if any of the seniors are going to return. Uh, but this could be their last time together, and I think that they will play well. But they're going to be challenged. Uh, again, McNeil is is the best nose tackle in the country for a reason. And teams have played Kentucky, and like, like I would have played Kentucky, uh, with an even front. The majority of the defenses that Kentucky played, even if it was a 3-4, played some variation of an eagle or, or, or an even front uh, defensive front, meaning that the center was uncovered. So uh, that that's going to be new. But I, I like Drake Jackson. If any center in the country can counter McNeil, it's Drake Jackson, and I'm looking forward to that matchup. So there are things to be excited about. Uh, Max Duffy's last game. I, I, I hope he I hope he deflates the football against North Carolina State. I mean, I, I want to see him, I want to see him just crush it. And or or a fake. We're yeah. Doing, what, yeah. Let him throw it. We've only seen Why him not? run it. I bet. I bet he's got an arm on him. Don't they? Don't they throw nah, it? I think he like throws it under. I think once he plays uh, rugby or Australia, oh yeah, you're right. They do they it. Punch it or something like that. Yeah, it's like um, yeah, it's almost like the spin that you'll do underhanded to people. So yeah. you know what though, if it if if it stays in the air, that works. So. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> but just just looking down by the numbers. I, you know, it, it's red zone's going to factor, uh, as always, for Kentucky. Turnovers. To, turnovers. I mean, those two yeah, things. Just the normal stuff. I mean, hey, Freddie, our jobs have been kind of easy this year in that aspect because Kentucky has been not very good in the red zone. And yeah. uh, <laughs> so there's those are the kind of two uh, things that are uh, we can go red in the face talking about. 
Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> no. Especially no, in, a, in a game as wild as, as this belt bowl may be. Yeah, you know, I uh, I called six games, six championship games for high, Kentucky high school uh, state championships. And there was four four categories that you could pretty much, unless an opponent was obviously superior, uh, Painful was to Kentucky Country Day in Ashland to, to E-Town. There's four four categories that I looked at that, that really influenced the outcome of the game. Penalties is one. Two is turnovers. Three is red zone offense and defense. And four is special teams. Those key, those are critical. And they're, they're going to be critical in any football game. But when it's a, a bowl type, bowl game situation where this is a it's a one it's it's a one game tournament, uh, th- those factors really come into play. No, you're you're, you're certainly right. And how, uh, did, have we talked since we you called all those games? I felt no. like that, that that felt like an eternity ago. You got a couple crazy ones though. The uh, I did the Boyle County pass breakup and overtime and then you had the yeah. block kit was that was that in overtime too the block field goal yes the block uh, the, the block extra point man uh, beachwood blocked uh uh Lexington christian academy extra point in overtime to win and then before that lexton christian could have won the game and double doing the field goal attempt but listen it's not that kid's fault that's a college goal post which is much tighter much more narrow than a high school. I if it had been a high that. school goalpost, Lexington Christian Academy would be your state champions. I mean, that that's how crazy that game was. And then, hey, I, Franklin County, hats off. Yeah. You're talking about shock, I mean, man. When, when I saw that team, I thought, honest to goodness, that might have been the most talented team that I saw in, in the two days calling those games. Well, when, when they beat uh... – who was it? When Boyle, when Boyle beat Hopkins by 60 the week before, they beat Hoptown by a million. You thought, man, this Boyle team's good. They're just going to roll. Franklin County, man, they came to play. And I know yeah, that, they did. That, that Fred Ferrier, I think he's going to a Mac school. I think the same's with – yeah, we need to maybe reconsider not letting these Franklin County kids go to the Mac because uh, Logan yeah, Whiteside, they, they he well. turned out pretty well. Uh, yeah. And that, that Ferrier kid, I know he's got a, a bright future as well. Yeah. Hey, listen, Bull County's a great football team. Justin Haddix did a great job with that team. And, and they, they, were, they were great from game one to game whatever. But Franklin County had speed, had size, had a sophomore running back that was that's going to be really, really good, and 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 just they blew me away with their talent. Now I think Trinity was the best team, uh, but I think the second best team was Bowling Green. Uh, but I thought I thought Bowling Green was the second best complete football team that I saw, uh, just re- extremely well coached. Fundamentally sound, talented, uh, disciplined. That defense, I think, was the best defense that I saw. Was the Trinity? It was the uh, uh, Bowling Green defense. Of course, Trinity is great defensively, but I thought Bowling Green overall holding Owensboro that that high scoring uh, Gavin Wimps at offense holding it down for the majority of the game uh, was very impressive. And then then the best player that I saw in six games was, was hands down. Jordan Dingle from from Bowling Green played four, five, six different positions. Played in the backfield, lined up traditional tight end as a slot in the backfield as an H back. Played defense, had a tackle for loss, quarterback sack, four catches, two touchdowns, running the football out of the backfield. I thought Jordan Dingle was the best player on Kroger Field during those two days. 
Jordan Dingle, he he has all the physical attributes, Freddie, but like man, he's and and on top of that too, you I, I know you're right the, the same with this too, but like he's just doing whatever the hell he needs to to, to make sure his team's yeah. successful. And you just gotta remember yeah. that a kid. Listen, you know, I wrote it's on the website now. I wrote about, you know, I started thinking about it during my many trips to Cool. 75, which is the worst road in the history of the eviction of roads that I hate with every fiber of my being because of construction and traffic, but that's neither here nor there. Think about this, and and, and I know we talked about this at, in length on signing day, but it just kept going crossing my mind, crossing my mind. Then I looked up the final rankings. Four out of the top five signees in Kentucky's 2021 class were pass catchers. Okay, I mean, mm-hmm. we talked about that. It was a much, it was a need. We know the, why Kentucky did that, but how did Kentucky do that, Nick Rouse? That, that's what I couldn't. That's what I. That's what that the how is what fascinates me. Just think about this for a minute. Four of the five to five top players of pass catchers, arguably the best player in the class, wasn't even ranked in Devontae Ross. That's another pass catcher. Okay, what are you selling these kids on? Being ranked last in the SEC three years. Running and, and passing, having a quarterback with Terry Wilson's going into his final year, uncertainty at the offensive coordinator position, having a wide receiver play quarterback last season. I mean, ha- what 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 did this staff have to sell these kids? And a lot of these players committed early, which is the 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 point I was trying to make in that in that article was they committed early and they stayed committed even though Kentucky up until the South Carolina game was throwing for 119 yards per game. I mean, and, and the word of Eddie Grant and, and Darren Henshaw being fired wasn't even discussed yet. That's what fascinates me is how they hung on to him and how they did it is, is these is Vince Merrill, John Summerall, Amar Stewart had great relationships with these players. Kentucky is tremendously uh, effective in early evaluations and early offers. But the thing I think that, that Kentucky does as good as anybody, uh, and especially when you have a factor that, that isn't on the field to sell, right? They can't sell the Ole Miss offense. They can't sell the tradition and history of Alabama and the championships. They can't sell the air raid at Mississippi State. These players signed with Kentucky because of Vince Merrill, John Summerall, and Anwar Stewart, and Mark Stoops. That, to me, fascinated me for two days behind behind the windshield, Nick. I mean, and I, I read the article and somebody, I, I did, I did the ultimate mistake. I read the remark and it said, we, we've, the, we've already talked about this or why'd you put the, something smart out of it like that? <laughs> I don't think we talked about the, the how so much. I mean, we talked about the why and the players, but how did Kentucky sign these guys? It's, no, I think is extremely extraordinarily positive for Mark Stoops going forward in this football program. And, when I, it was one of those things. Like when I when I read through it, I was like, "You're right, Freddie. Like who, who in their right mind would be sold on this? Besides, like I, the the reason why I know they could get it done is because this is the same kind of thing they kind of had to pitch five years ago when they were yeah. getting guys like Lane and Young in here. The vision that they had to to change the program for the better, and. The thing that was, I think, what you would say is surprising about it is that receivers where they've struggled the most to recruit, and to be able to do that to 
to that type of player because uh, we, we all know you've thrown to him your whole life. Receivers are prima donnas. So to be able to con- sell that vision to them and to get that buy-in, it, you're, you're right, Freddie. It really is uh, impressive. It is. It, it's, it, it'd be like Devontae Smith signing with Army <laughs> or Georgia, Georgia Southern. You know, I mean, if you think about it, it would be, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, why why would you do that if you're Devontae Smith? I mean, I'm not saying these players are Devontae Smith. There's only one Devontae Smith, and he is he is the elite of the elite. But that is the same scenario. Of, I, I, just, I just tried to figure out the how, and, and it all came back to relationships, you know, with DeKel Kratos, Vince Merrill taking over Kentucky, and, and keeping him home was so important. And, uh, you know, and, and then if you think about the seven Kentucky players that signed with this class, Jagger Burton obviously was was critical and the most important, but I'm not so sure that Jordan Dingle went in second because of. Hey, listen, he's a plug and play guy. He will come in and and play immediately and play a lot. Uh, so I mean, it it is it, something that fascinated me and, and I couldn't get off my mind. So I got home late and started writing, and there we, there it was. Freddie, I'm just really disappointed right now that. The Duke's Mayo Bowl just ended, and they dumped water on the coach instead of mayonnaise. Like, what the? What's the point of having a Mayo Bowl if you can't oh, cover a coach in mayonnaise? And, and now the stupid NBA's on. My God, who watches that crap? They need they need to rethink their programming. Give oh. us another bowl game. Well, I guess we got Georgia, and uh, no, we got the the team formerly known as the Florida Gators versus Oklahoma tonight. So that that will be a I, I don't even think I'm gonna waste my time on that. But yeah, um, and then another thing that I wrote that that I want to talk about a little bit was was what is the Big Blue Wall? I mean, it, it's a it's a nickname, yes, but what what is it? What does it mean? I mean, it, to me, it's a personality, it's a mindset, but most importantly, what I try to get across is it's the it's the creation of John Schlarman. Uh, it, it, it is his, his, I mean, John Schlarman is Mr. Kentucky football and will forever be Mr. Kentucky football, but that big blue wall is his creation, man. And, and, and it was, uh, you know, it, it was brought to light first by Cole Kublik who, who recognized that and said the unthinkable that Kentucky may have the best offensive line and the most physical offensive line in the Southeastern conference. And then later, uh, you know, or I, I'm not sure when, Jonathan Allen's comments were if they were after the game or during, I think they may have been during the combine process, but he said that Kentucky had the most physical offensive line that they played. And if you remember, that was true freshman Landon Young playing in that game. So, uh, you know, I, I think the big blue wall was created then and it's just game personality and, and players from different parts of the country. Uh, and, you know, and of course you had the, 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 the rock of the big blue wall, Drake Jackson, Landon Young from Kentucky, but you had Darren Kennard come in from, from Cleveland, Luke Fortner from Ohio, Austin Dawson come in from Belfry, had never passed box in his life, has developed into a quality Southeastern Conference lineman. So, um, you know, it, it's a, in my opinion, the Big Blue Wall is a personality. It's a state of mind, and, and it will forever be, uh, you know, no matter what this offense is going to look like under Cohen, I think Kentucky's now – uh, is like Wisconsin as far as being known for the big fellows up front. And the big fellows up front are, I mean, this is their their last final test, and they have to pass in order for Kentucky to be successful. I know I, I hit on it earlier, but 
if they yeah. can open up some holes uh, and, and and keep the ball moving like they did that South Carolina game, it was a masterclass. Yeah, it was. Let's let's, yeah. let's let's run it back again one more time, and, and that's that's what I I really want out of this this bowl game, Freddie. Is that it's been a fun four or five years, and it, even though this year didn't go to according to plan, Stoops is hitting the reset button. Yeah, hit it with a win, man. Yeah. And, and Freddie, like you know, I, I I remember you know a couple of years ago you talking about how these are really exhibition games; they don't matter. But right as, as far as momentum goes, it it matters way more than it should. Yeah, I mean, hell, yeah. half the teams like we're just talking. If we were to talk about bowl matchups. Half the time is, um, well, you know, uh, I mean, do they care? Like half the teams probably don't care, but they they do matter a great deal as to how optimistic you can be about the future. And if you win a bowl game, if you get some guys coming back that you might not have thought of, Josh Ali kind of hinted at it yesterday. Yeah, that you can get really excited about uh, this fresh start. So uh, yeah. winning, winning, and beating a top twenty-five team to end the season would be would be huge it would be huge would even, be. If, even if like let's be honest since you say it's not a top 25 team right right <laughs> I mean, it would be it would be huge and another thing you gotta think about is these offensive players this is a this is a tryout for them mm-hmm. this game's going to be on film and guess yes. who's going to be watching very that good film? point lee and cohen you know if you come out and you you lay an egg or or don't give good effort or you can't separate, you can't get open, you can't, you know, whatever it may be, that's going to be looked at uh, by an NFL coach uh, that has no qualms about benching people. No. About, you know, because he's brought people up from the practice squad. They've cut people, traded. I mean, th- there's there are no favorites being played in, in the NFL. And I think he'll bring that, and he'll play the best players available, no matter if they're freshmen or seniors. And, and that's refreshing. Uh, for that offense. And, and again, you know, these guys are, are, they're trying out against North Carolina State. I do think, Nick Rouse, that we'll hear after the game sometime about players that may surprise you that are coming back. And then I think, I think the other way, uh, the door's going to swing the other way. I think there, there may be some transfers that leave the program, and that's okay. You know, sometimes that's necessary. And sometimes that is, uh, it's addition by subtraction. So we'll, we'll see how that works out. And those announcements will come sometime after the bowl game. But yeah, it's, it's a very important process for Kentucky uh, to go down and play well and, and against North Carolina state. And, uh, you know, I think they will, Nick, it's just, you know, it's a matter of, you know, I, the emotion part of it, the heart part of it, I'm all in, I, I, you know, but when I start studying and seeing the strengths of Kentucky's opponents, it, it is perfectly matched against Kentucky's weaknesses and that concerns me a little bit. Well, Freddie, remember the saying they're supposed to be SEC? Yeah. Kentucky is SEC. NC State, last I checked, they're in the ACC. Basically, <laughs> USA. So, yeah. you know what? I'd Bring it on. Bring them on. And besides, this team, I, I, I think, uh, I, I don't know if there's a revenge factor, but they're a beat and they're going back to a place where they've lost before. And, and yeah. they know what it's like to win bowl games, how much more fun it is on that plane ride home. So I think uh, if if nothing else in the give a crap factor, I think Kentucky is going to give a crap and, and I'm going to have a lot of fun watching them play football down in Jacksonville on Saturday. And you know who, I, I, have, I don't have this confirmed yet, 
But I think our, our good friend Josh Allen's going to be there too. And if that doesn't get him fired up, I don't know what will. Speaking of Josh Allen, but the other Josh Allen. With the, the Buffalo Bills Josh Allen? I am a lifelong Steelers fan. Uh-huh. But I'm telling you, man, I am so, so close to making a trade for the Bills. Oh, wow. Love, love watching the Buffalo Bills play football. Is it just Josh love. Allen or is it No, it's the whole team. They're young. They're energetic. They have fun. You know, football's supposed to be fun. It doesn't yeah. have to be. It doesn't have to be New England. You know, you don't have to be New England to be successful. As we saw the Bills just beat them. Yeah. yeah, beat them up good. And if you watch, watch the game, I mean, they're having fun. They're jumping around. Josh Allen is my favorite quarterback in the NFL. And, man, he, he's so good and getting better every snap. And uh, just those young players around him. And, and, and it's plus Buffalo. I mean, you know, it's not New York. It's not – <laughs> Los Angeles. It's Buffalo, and they deal with the weather. It's it's blue collar. You know, it's hardworking folks up there. It's like Youngstown had an NFL team. Is Buffalo, and, and I'm all in for them. And, and I, I don't know, man. I'm dangerously close to changing my allegiance, and I thought that was something that I could never uh, say in public. But you know, I probably won't. You know, I'm, I'm a Steelers guy. You know, you still got Benny and Bud, uh, and Calvin Taylor's on the practice team, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, that's another new development outside of my technology problem that I have, Nick. Or, sorry, Dale. Yeah, well, we'll get it fixed. It'll be your New Year's resolution is getting you up and running with technology. Yeah, that's something I got to do. But uh, are you going? To, are you going down to Jacksonville? I, I'm not going down to Jacksonville. Luckett um, will be representing KSR uh, down there. He's got in-laws that live there. So it'll be a little – it's weird. On, on your social media stuff, they'll tell you, like, oh, four years ago you were doing this. So, like, I'm getting all of the the fun bowl memories, but uh, none this year. Like like most everybody else, it's a stay inside for me kind of deal. So Yeah, um, yeah, me too. will be a busy Saturday, though. Busy Friday. Is it uh, Alabama-Clemson in the playoff? It's Alabama. I mean, it's Alabama. Um, the other one may be a pretty good game. I, I don't know. You we'll know, see. It, what was funny, Freddie, is I was listening to a couple podcasts, like just to, just wondering what people were thinking about the UK game and then also the, the playoff games. And the ESPN one with the Bear and Stanford Steve, they're all on Clemson. The CBS guys were all on Clemson. But in the, in the, the Gator Bowl, ESPN guys all about Stoops getting this team ready for the game and the, the really? CBS guys who they tend to think of themselves as like really smart college football people, you know? Yeah. And they, they think NC state's a good football team. So <laughs> yeah, i noticed that for our trips to the SEC media days that, you know, you got different pods of these little national people that, you know, look at me and you like we, you know, straight out of, <laughs> Straight out of the hollers of Harlan County, and we don't know anything about football. You know what I mean? It just, That's why I like uh, Stephen Bear because they're like yeah. they're they're like the kind of goofy dudes who just love the stuff. But like yeah. some of those nerds who like keep up with everything, it's like eh, just just slow your roll. Right. Yeah, the, the ACC, know, yeah, we SEC. Okay, it just means yeah. More. I just want to say you know to those folks that 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 look down on on me and you and other local riders. Uh, you know, you're not a brain surgeon. You write about freaking sports. How hard is it? You know what I mean? You're not curing cancer. You're right. not curing the, the coronavirus. You're, 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 a, you're a daggone writer about 
a game. So chill out. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's supposed to be fun. I mean, you know, I think sports riders should have the uh, Buffalo Bills mentality of, hey, we're going to have fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I didn't see a lot of hey, that. And, and we're going to have fun on Saturday, Freddie, in this Gator Bowl. Winter or lose, going to be having fun. I, I agree. I agree. I, I can't wait. Uh, we want to wish everybody a very happy and safe new year. Yes. Uh, and also, we, I would like to thank everybody that, that visits the website, listens to our podcast, listens to us go on and on about stuff that, that most likely the listeners know more than we do about. And uh, we just want, to, want you to know that we appreciate you. And we really hope that 2021 is much better for everybody than 2020 was. So happy new Amen. year. You can like, subscribe, or whatever you do to a podcast. Again, I don't know crap about technology you can ask dale saltwater about all that stuff but we sure do appreciate you listening though and uh and hopefully we will be recapping a kentucky win over north carolina state amen brother that's a heck of a way to ring in 2021 all right dale hey happy new year to you and duke and and your family and and uh, stay safe out there and i appreciate you man you too as well freddie happy new year go catch happy new year okay brother